Welcome back to Binging the Force, a Star Wars watch party. Um, our regular weekly scheduled uh, re-watching of Star Wars movies and TV shows. And back with me this week are some of our usual suspects. We've got Kim. Hello. And Jefferson. Hello. And we believe Steve might be joining us in process, so, so we'll see if he joins in. <laughs> Yes, like uh, like Lando in the second movie, he'll uh, he'll dive into the story late. Okay, <laughs> who knows how late, and hopefully less treacherously than Lando. But... Just pray I do not change the deal any further. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know. He says he's running late. I don't know what that means. I don't know if that means two minutes or twenty minutes. So <laughs> right. We should probably just proceed. It's gonna do a, a Captain Jack Sparrow entrance or something. Right. Exactly. Yeah. It'll be all right. It'll be fun. Give us some extra Ooh. drama. So we just had the uh, holidays. Um, did you guys get anything fun, geeky, and nerdy? Kinky, yes, and um, a warm heated jacket and fun. I don't know. I guess we cooked a bunch of new foods and stuff else. <laughs> what 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 geeky and nerdy stuff did you guys give each other for the holidays? Um, nerdy stuff we got for the dogs. We got them clothes. Yeah. Okay, and that's nerdy in what way? What type of clothes? Oh, they're Star Wars. Yeah, oh, like that's, Star that's Wars. Makes it nerdy. <laughs> We'll start with outfits. Print, Grogu, all that, you know. Okay, so you have a dog dressed as Grogu. No, it just has Grogu on it. It says, I'm so cute. It's a dress for Tally. And then we got Frankie, a hoodie, like a street, you know, it looks like graffiti, but it's Star Wars. And then um, jammies, like really fuzzy jammies that are gingerbread uh, stormtroopers or something like that. <laughs> Do they get anything that isn't Star Wars or geeky and nerdy? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I would imagine most of your gifts are Star Wars. Yeah, no. And then Jeff got a tablet. So oh, okay. <laughs> Which so he'll yeah. put Star Wars stuff on, so it's still right. Yeah. yeah. Yes. <laughs> and how about you, Jefferson? Well, in the Star Wars department, we did we we don't do much in the way of gifts, really, because you know we've been married over twenty years. We just run out of ideas for stuff to buy each other. Okay. But what we do do every year is we do an advent calendar, just like oh. just for a fun little silly thing. We did a Star Wars one this year. We did the uh, the Star Wars Droid Factory, and so each day you get a, a little part of a droid, and you put them all together, and you build. You end up with six different droids, and they're they're little. They're like the scale of the Star Wars action figure. So they're are they Legos? No, they're just they're they're plastic. They're like I said, they're to scale with the the action figures, the three and three quarter action figure line. So oh, there's uh, and they're mostly astromechs, um, but they're in their Christmas theme. So like one is painted up to look like a nutcracker, and there's a BB-8 that's all white. He's a snowball. That's cute. And, cool. uh, and so on. Yeah, there's one that's an elf, but yeah, he's got green and red. So they're all in kind of Christmas colors. And the final one for Christmas Day was the Gonk Droid, which is sort of the box shaped droid and he's uh done like the box with feet dressing. or the box with legs that's just kind of walking yeah, exactly. yeah. Gawk, gawk, yeah. yeah and he's painted up like a christmas present so he's green with like a bow oh. and a ribbon on it so that was pretty fun um non-star wars i got a few things i got this really interesting book pacific comics companion mm -hmm. it's a history of pacific comics which was one of the very first independent comic book publishers back in the late 70s and early 80s and that's been pretty fascinating to read so far so um yeah yeah if you had a dvd or a blu-ray of oppenheimer which i'm looking forward to watching oh okay that's a good movie it's 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 a long movie it's it's a slog of a movie it's 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 a heavy drama but it is good yeah i saw i saw it in the theater when you saw it in the theater already okay that's why we're getting the blu-ray yeah, yeah, I just, I, I like to reward movies that I really liked. And mm -hmm. that's how one way to do that. It's one way to kind of cast my vote. Is to yes. <laughs> and um, money on it. <laughs> the, um, so the, our local art house showed it because they're, they have a 70 millimeter. They're one of the, one of 12 theaters on the West coast that actually can do 70 millimeter. And so they showed it and I saw it there. And then a, a week later, I think I might've talked about it a little bit on the podcast back when. Um, they did a, a series of all of the Lone Wolf and Cub movies, the samurai mm -hmm. films from the 70s, um, while they were showing up. And 
So they were showing Oppenheimer in their main screen and then Lone Wolf and Cub in their upstairs screen. And so you're you're in there, you're watching Lone Wolf and Cub, which are really pretty cheesy 70s samurai movies, but you're getting all that bass rumble from, from <laughs> Yes, from the heavy music kind of, and also the 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 nuclear explosion. <laughs> yeah, and it, it lent some drama. Yeah, you knew exactly when the bomb went off in the movie. <laughs> but it lent some extra drama to the Lone Wolf and Cub movie because you just got that kind of moody rumble throughout a lot of the the film so that was maybe a nice accident i guess i don't think that has anything to do with star wars but <laughs> it was a fun thing that i observed now I, I don't generally do a lot of gifts and don't do a lot of stuff in the holidays in general but i did uh make sure that uh, the one holiday thing i did was was watch the doctor who holiday special so Ooh, yeah yeah we did that too which which Disney didn't even refer to it that way. They just referred to it as special number four. Yeah, so four. Well, and and you know, in fairness, they probably did that for two reasons. It wasn't the story wasn't particularly Christmassy. True. It was a little, but not well, not as place, much as place on Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I mean, but probably they want it to be fairly evergreen because if they call it the Doctor Who Christmas special, then starting the day after Christmas, nobody's going to want to watch it. <laughs> Well, I don't know. I mean, there have been many Doctor Who holiday, Christmas specials at this point. Yes, there have. There have been. They've done one almost every year since the show came back. Yeah. They switched it for the last five years. They switched it to New Year's. So it was a New Year's special instead. Yep. I didn't watch that, but we did try to watch Rebel Moon. Oh, okay. Mm hmm which, which, uh, which is nice. Star Wars enough because it's basically calling it Jack Snyder or Zack Snyder's um, Star Wars ripoff, essentially. So well, he, he like presented it before Lucasfilm sold it. Mm. It was supposed to be a Star Wars movie. Interesting. Well, they didn't want it or they didn't use it, so he took it. And um, yeah, <laughs> we didn't finish it. We've only got like 40, 45 minutes in, I think, or only 40 minutes left. I can't remember, but. We so both Lucas will made the right call, in other words. Mm. Yeah, I was I was interested to hear you say tried to watch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, there are things that I like about Zack Snyder. I mean, visual visually, he is an amazing filmmaker at creating visuals, but movies are supposed to have story and characters, and right? He exactly. really doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, or I, this I, one had too many, and you just didn't care about any of right. them. That's that's the thing. Is, it yeah, was just yeah. There are characters on the screen, but you don't care about them. I mean. I, I'm not that kind of person that checks out. I'm like, okay, well, I'm not over halfway through. I'm in it to win it. I'm mm -hmm. usually a ride or die kind of person, and I just <laughs> like couldn't. <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah there are I've, very I've, few things I throw in the towel on. I actually walked out of a movie once this year, and I do that. Very, very, very rarely. I mean, I'm a movie person. I, you know, going to the movies is going to church for me. And mm -hmm. I mean, I very, very rarely walk out of a movie. I did out of the most recent uh, Fast and the Furious movie. <laughs> I got about an hour in. I was like, you know, this just isn't doing anything for me. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I too, I will rarely do that. The last thing I can remember actually walking out of before it ended was. I can't remember the name of the film that was every year. One of our big events in Portland is the HP Lovecraft Film Festival mm. that we have every year. And I am Cthulhu. currently one of the. Uh, on the sorry, say that again. I was just saying jokingly Cthulhu Fest. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, it's it's the Lovecraft Film Festival and Cthulhu Con. So, yes, um, I am currently on the and I have been for the last five years. I think I'm on the jury. So I help pick the movies now. Oh, wow. But mm -hmm. back way before then, it was one of the first festivals we went to after we moved here. Um, there was a film that was an adaptation of one of Lovecraft's stories called, the story was called Kulair. I think the film was called something else. It starred one of the guys from Melrose Place. No. So okay. I, I can't remember the actor's name. So I probably should have, that should have been a warning sign. But it was so <laughs> bad. It was one of those cases where the director was also playing one of the characters in the film and he also wrote the adaptation. And so it was very clearly a self-indulgent. The director basically wanted to put himself in his movie. And of course he was the worst actor in the film. And yeah. And Catherine and I, after about 30 minutes, I think we just got up and went, no, this is not, we can't, we can't watch another hour of this. We're just, we just can't do it. <laughs> um, 
when you were actually on the jury for the film festival. Yeah, I am now. I wasn't. Yeah, I wasn't. Oh, you then, weren't so. at the time. Okay, I was gonna say. Yeah, that was back in. You left now. <laughs> no, yeah, exactly. And now, well, what's interesting is because I'm on the jury, I end up. Usually, we go now, and I've already seen most of the films. You know, yeah, the ones that were submitted for them anyway. But luckily, this this last year, it happens every October, so it just happened recently. And this last year, we went. And um, just by chance, because I don't watch every single movie. I watch a lot of them, but but we we review them online. And, and the point of the judges is we kind of give the films a consensus, good or bad. And then the, the festival directors take it from there. And they our job is mainly to weed out the really terrible ones. But, right. but just by chance, the a lot of the films that they picked were ones that I hadn't watched in my assigned films for for judging so i got to see mostly films i hadn't seen which oh that's was nice it hadn't happened before and that's you know that's i guess that's kind of the danger of getting involved in a, a convention or a festival in a behind the scenes capacity is you lose a little bit of the fun of just going as an attendee yeah for sure and for me it's as a, an hp lovecraft not really a big fan not knowing a lot i'm like okay you know you can't just keep watching reanimator obviously yeah exactly and, and the reason that it sustains a festival i mean not every film is an actual adaptation of a lovecraft story a lot of them are obviously but but you know we try to pick movies that are sort of inspired by or in the vein of or or have the same kind of vibe to them um, but the reason it's viable is because Lovecraft's all of his work is in the public domain. He didn't have any any children, so nobody owns his work. Anyone can make a, a movie based on one of his stories without having to pay any fees or get any approval or anything. And that's both a blessing and a curse. You, you see a lot of you see some really cool films, but you see some really bad ones too. So yeah. Yeah. actually, actually, January first. Uh, on that note. Uh, the the initial, the very first iteration, the Steamboat Willie iteration of Mickey and Minnie Mouse going to the public domain. So yeah, so I read. We, about, I was reading about that. I yeah, mean, so Disney's we, been we trying to get block. a whole lot of new adaptations of of Mickey and Minnie Mouse that are mm -hmm. you can't you can't do the more modern versions. It's specifically only the Steamboat Willie, like actual nineteen twenty eight version, <laughs> is the only thing that yeah. Yeah, I, I know that like Disney's been been trying to keep getting the copyright laws extended so that they can keep on. Yes. Keep, but, <laughs> but I mean, on, along similar lines, even though the character of Superman is still under copyright and trademark, mm -hmm. DC still owns the character. Um, the the Superman cartoons that Max Fleischer made in the in the 30s, those yeah. are in the public domain. So if you wanted to, you could release them on DVD or you could we could watch them and review them without you getting any of the, the usual copyright hassle. Right. So so even though the, that particular version of Superman is free and clear, you can't it doesn't mean you can make new Superman stories. <laughs> and I so think probably successfully rambled enough to uh, get Steve in here. So <laughs> Hi, Steve. We've just been stalling on your behalf. I'm sorry, you guys. Christmas, Steve, anything good? All right, I, you know, being on being on my bike, um, as many people know, is about a fifteen minute window either way, and uh, this time I lost. So thanks for no problem. So let's go ahead and uh, jump into episode six of Andor. Six. Uh, oh, real quick before we go, because I'm sure our viewers are dying to know the movie I was talking about earlier that I walked out of was called Chill. Came out in 2007. <laughs> okay, so episode six is the eye. It is it is the the culmination of our heist storyline. Um, oh, and I did want to note um, the the title of the episode uh, that I, when I posted it for the live viewing here, and what it'll be when it actually goes out is six against the galaxy. And I and what I wanted to note why the episode is called Six Against the Galaxy. That was issue two of the original Marvel Star Wars comic book, the adaptation mm -hmm. of the movie. And it was initially the the six characters of of the of the original Star Wars movie. Mm -hmm. You know, and, that, and that's where the title of that issue came from was Six Against the Galaxy. And our heist team is six members against mm -hmm. the Empire. <laughs> so I thought Delighted. that was an interesting parallel there. I could, if I wanted to be bothered, I could reach under my bed, which I'm sitting on right now, and pull that very comic out from the box. <laughs> I think it's directly under where I'm sitting, actually. But I you know, they haven't made an Ocean 6 yet, so maybe there's a chance. Yeah. <laughs> okay, let's go ahead and jump in. This is it.
Okay, and I did skip ahead so we don't have the previously on and went right into the logo and, and still couldn't cut off the logo completely. <laughs> so at least yeah. we start off with the logo there. <laughs> All right, so we're right into the episode. We have uh, pre-caper pre, uh, pre jitters from... This from just looks like a miserable existence to me. <laughs> <laughs> this is... This is what Portland's like all the time. If you're this talking about, I'm just gonna say this is this is today. Yeah, yeah, this is the last two months and the next three, really. Oh, basically, just all fog all the time. Yeah, <laughs> kind of. It's not normally this foggy, but it's very gray. You know, it has been it has been very foggy where I live. Um, maybe maybe oddly foggy the last couple weeks, which which is nice. It's a it's a bit of a change. So we're in the cloud. Yeah, maybe maybe we should pitch them to to film future seasons of Andor here in Portland instead of. <laughs> I think this was filmed in Scotland, I think, or Ireland. Yeah, I'm from the Monterey Bay area, so I know all about the fog. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so he's having a conversation here with the true believer, basically the member of the team who genuinely wants to be part of a rebellion, wants to stop the empire and talking about like him actually writing kind of manifestos to, to, you know, his writings that can help inspire people to join the rebellion. Mm -hmm. And this is an interesting sort of conversation because you have the, the starry eyed revolutionary on one side and the cynical, I yeah. don't believe in anything. Yeah. He's, he's just in it for the money. <laughs> yeah. And neither of them, I mean, they're both wrong in some ways and they're both right in others. You want to kind of, you need to meet somewhere in the middle between these two viewpoints. Yeah. You need to be a practical revolutionary. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> revolutions need food. Revolutions need funding. Mm -hmm. And you need to have, revolutions need to have realistic expectations too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But it's a nice little exchange anyway. Yeah. Coming up. Poor kid. Mm -hmm. <laughs> And again, like I think the strength of this show and, and I think the reason why maybe it's resonated among people who aren't diehard Star Wars fans is you could change the the background and make pretty minimal changes to the script and it's not a Star Wars show anymore. Yes, yeah, I mean, it's it's a heist film. I mean, it could yeah. be any group of, of people, you know, fighting yeah, against. Just take you know. off all the ranks and the hats of yeah. all these people and you don't have a star wars and the ships mm. You're good. I, would, I would even go so far as to say that even with the the uniforms and the the diagonal lights in all of the windows of the imperial um vehicles it's not enough to make it star wars except for those who know mm -hmm. so yeah you could people who don't know don't really feel like it's being wrench from another universe it's because i think the the heist aspect is pretty solid yeah i mean this could be taking place in an eastern european country you know where the the military overlords are transporting their you know their their gold their wages you know and then this is a group of people trying to take it down you know right exactly yeah and to me that's that's an absolute strength of the of the story yep that and I anybody with it, oh go ahead sorry the best stories in any setting like this star wars to me the strength of star wars has always been in the setting and in the background um so the to me the best star wars stories are stories that are about something but they're not about star wars you know do, does mm -hmm. that make sense they, they shouldn't be about the details of continuity or the details of the background i think they should be about it it should be about a story it should be about characters doing things so what this, we're building here too is 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 that the big festival is occurring that that mm -hmm. that it you know the planet that they've taken over here the the land that they're occupying you know is having they're allowing them they're allowing them to to have their big festival that is really important to them you know the eye it's it's you know basically this big you know happening in the sky that everyone, everyone gathers for and it and it's you know a huge celebration and and so, <laughs> drinking you know, their coffee at the same time um yeah. they're also saying there were 60 people there last night looks like there's more yeah. so i don't know if cassian's group caught on with them or not and they're like it's a festival it's going to be growing there can be fifteen thousand people there yeah. so like there that's all, how all of which makes a good camouflage in. for a heist yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, and the 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 scene that we just passed with the officers in the office—they're so nasty and condescending about 
about how they're treating the, the locals and they're, you know, they, they, they talk about, I, I don't remember if it's this scene or a scene coming up, but that, that officer talks about how they, one of the things they did is they set up a bunch of uh, basically truck stops along the way, the, the path that the pilgrims take to walk to where this festival is supposed to be to this Valley. And so they usually, he said, they usually start out with like 500 people and, but they, they have all these bars and, and places that serve alcohol all along the way. So people stop off and they, they get hammered and they There's don't go any farther. And yeah. so their crowd thins out and that's, mm. it's just this sort of nasty cynical thing that the empire does to, yeah. to keep the population. Yeah. Um, keep it, keep it from being a larger gathering that could be yeah, more exactly. of a security risk. Yeah, exactly. Well, just, one, of, one of the things that we haven't we haven't talked about, um, I don't think about this this snapshot or the original snapshot is obviously that there's a there's a major allusion to um, fascist Europe in the uniforms and oh, yeah. the actions and the attitudes. And when the original Star Wars came out, when these original you know gray you know uniforms were in vogue. Um, it was, you know, 30 years and change out from World War II. We're a lot farther away now, but I think the fact that it still harkens back to that fascist era yeah. is still something that even if people don't recognize Star Wars, they recognize these icons, you know. So well, I think they're it's called, a, they're called stormtroopers. Yeah. They're, they're, and they're and they're literally called stormtroopers, yes. Right. It's called the Empire. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they well, stopped the just short of calling it the Reich. Right, exactly. Yeah. yeah, the Reich was not called the Empire, but mm -hmm. the stormtroopers were called stormtroopers. <laughs> yeah. The Nazis did have stormtroopers. Yeah. Yeah. And then, like, this could be any World War II. You know, this could be Kelly's Heroes. Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. Um, yeah, I have a friend who um, really does not, he's not a Star Wars fan at all. He doesn't really care for Star Wars, but he loves this show. He said this yeah. is one of his favorite things that was on TV last year. Nice. So now we if, have... if, if the uh, if the spoiler alert tie fighters that we see in this show you know flying through this you know nondescript landscape were biplanes or yeah you know yeah. that makes it better i mean yeah to, to me the the star wars is it's the the icing you know it's the flavor um 100% yeah and so that makes it that makes it resonate for me because i'm a fan but but i just like i really appreciate that First and foremost, this is a story, mm -hmm. as opposed to being a Star Wars story in particular. Glad. Yeah, they, they are. Uh, yeah, they're still. So they just. I guess their their plan was just kind of. Their plan was just to kind of roll up and okay, we're 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 part of this garrison too. And that's yep. enough to get them in, I guess. Yeah, blend in. Yeah, I, I literally had to count because I was like, okay, how many people are actually in the heist? And I tried to look it up. It's like, oh, yeah, okay, it's four men, two women. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it is six against the galaxy. Right. Well, I guess seven if you count the, the officer that's helping them. Yeah, but he's not part of the team. <laughs> right. Yeah. And you get more of the just the, the sort of contempt that the Empire treats this whole festival with. I, I, they, they're not explicit, but I think we're meant to believe that 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 imperial that that guy right there who's just out he was just taking a leak. <laughs> that might be a Star Wars first too. <laughs> yes, yeah, although they would call it a privy, I'm sure, because <laughs> as we know, Star Wars is British. Yes, well, ish. The Empire is certainly British. The Empire is British. Yeah. <laughs> And, they go and yeah, they're 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 marching that they practiced last episode. We saw them literally practicing for that now moment right there, costumes, yeah. Yeah. so they could march in unison. Yeah, and now, here's, this here's is something some... that I can definitely relate to. Oh, not being able to close your belt. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think we're we're all approaching that age. <laughs> this is some. I mean, I guess the scene is is okay, but it, like its purpose is to show us how awful this guy is. So that we won't feel sorry for him later. Right. Yeah. But it's they a little... say like, you know, 
even the enemy loves their children. Well, you know, not this enemy. Yeah, it's, I think it's a teeny bit over the top. I mean, it's like it's it's Harry Potter's foster parents. They're just so <laughs> cartoonishly awful. Yeah, it's a little it's a little much. It's a little, I don't I don't know that this was necessary. Well, I don't think so either. Yeah, it's just he's a jerk to his family too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we well, really, as long as they didn't name him Dursley, they haven't gone too far. Right. Exactly. <laughs> But yeah, they 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 need us to root for the the robbers, which is always yeah. that's a little challenging. Right, time. exactly. I mean, technically, we are rooting for anti heroes. They 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 are they are stealing. <laughs> it is a heist, but that is usually a heist film. You are meant to be with the the people performing the heist. Yeah, and heist films almost always do this. They do they set up the person who's being stolen from as an awful person who deserves it. So yeah, uh, yeah. I yep, guess you have to hate you have to hate Colonel Clink. Yep. Right. <laughs> more sort of tension here are they going to get found out are they going to blend in we learned that our, our officer friend here speaks the local language which is interesting i mean honestly i have to say if you want to look for an allegory i mean to you know i mean these look like they could be afghanis you know <laughs> or burmese or or anything like that you know mm-hmm. Sure. I wonder. I mean, yeah. I mean, it, it's they're they're a native population. The, the, yeah. Mm-hmm. I wonder if the um, the design of them was dictated more by the the cold grayness of where they were filming. Yeah. You know, they couldn't be like uh, you know half half naked savages or anything like that because they <laughs> the actors would freeze. <laughs> now that's very Star Wars. That viewfinder there yeah. was a very Star Wars looking viewfinder. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's all there. It's there in the details, and yeah. that's what mm-hmm. makes it so great. Oh, the whooshing okay. comes. The whooshing. Sorry, go ahead, uh, Kim. <laughs> I said, oh, and the whooshing. Ah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was just going to say we talked previously about like you know the directors and the writers on this that some of them were not they were new to Star Wars, but that's why you've got like you know hundreds of technicians and hundreds of mm-hmm. production designers and you know right. all the other people who can bring the Star Wars to it. You know, right? Exactly. Yeah. From the writers or directors. And, 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 you know, I think that's often better to do. It's better to have because a, a fan is going to maybe get too bogged down in the, the nerdy details. <laughs> like we've seen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Dr. Fro. laughs> um, yeah, I mean, this I just I can't stress enough how I think this is probably my favorite version of star wars i think i can't stress enough how interesting is how utterly satisfying i have found this this series so far i don't know ahsoka was pretty darn cool yeah ahsoka was but ahsoka was a lot i mean it was 180 percent fan service but yeah yeah exactly and that's fine and 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 it was and it was 200 star wars yes true yes that too then there's absolutely a place for that but like ahsoka was i'll tell you what the i think the difference is Ahsoka was a sugary dessert. This is a meal. You know, this is a substantial proper meal with potatoes and, mm. and steak. <laughs> and whereas Ahsoka was was a, a sugary dessert, which I mean, and there's a place for both, but mm. that one of the two you can live without. <laughs> Ooh, that that is that is serious. But I mean, I'm not saying I didn't I like to digest it. I certainly did. But but I'm saying I like this a lot more. This is <laughs> the sort of thing that I enjoy. I yeah, I, I think I'll, I'll um, go on the positive on both. This is this is filet mignon, but uh, Ahsoka is like the best birthday cake ever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, and as as someone who um, may or may not um, RPG in the Star Wars world. Um, this is a lot more tangible because we don't we don't necessarily have you know the major heroes and and lightsabers all the time it's more you know existing and heisting and adventuring in this world which this seems to be more grounded and more you know more world building to me than just the epic heroescapes that some of the other the other things are even though I love, more, I love all of it. Here's what's going on in the non, you know, core story. Yeah. You know? Here's what everybody else is doing. Yeah, exactly. Which, which is, which is arguably some of the really, really important stuff that shifts the tides more than, you know, some of the 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 minor things that end up being, you know, to Jefferson's, you know, illusion the the dessert, 
mm-hmm. you know, that may, may end it or move it, you know, finally in, you know, that top 10% of effect, but these are the, the large movements. These are the, the major meals that really kind of set the stage and turn the, the big wheels um, of the lore in this, in this universe. Well, and, and right now we're in a period of, of 18 years where this is not a time of heroes. You know, the, the, the Jedi are not a factor at, at this point. You know, the Empire has taken over. And so the heroes of this time are Great having point. little victories. They're, they're, you know, they're, they're, there's not like big galactic victories happening right now. You yep. know, the Empire is in charge for 18 years. And so it's like these these little victories of of little things like this heist taking place, you know? It's like, you know, are are they going to score like this, this, you know, minor victory against the, the, um, against the empire that will basically has the, has the possibility of it is not the forest fire, but it's the spark, you know? Mm-hmm. You know, the, the Jedi show up and, you know, destroy, you know, a, you know, an empire base, you know, or, or Mandalorian show up and, you know, destroy uh, you know, an empire base. That's, that's a forest fire, you know, yep. this here is a spark that can lead to that. As we find out later in the show, you know, spoilers later in the series. I mean, it it is it is a spark that helps you know fan the flame of of mm-hmm. really causing the rebellion to happen because rebellions yeah. need funding, mm-hmm. <laughs> and and um, that's part of the story too. Is is getting us from the Cassian Andor that we're seeing here? Mm-hmm. How do we get from that to what we see in in Rogue One? Exactly where he's. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's definitely a true believer by that point. You know, he's an extremely ruthless true believer, but he's yeah. he's not what he is in this. And so right. we need to see, and that's the point of this is we're going to get to see what what makes you what takes you from indifference to caring about what's mm-hmm. happening. Yeah, or straight at straight at mercenary. You know, mm-hmm. that's the thing. What takes him from just that mercenary mindset? I'm just out for myself. I'm just out for money. You know, to I believe in something. For that whole five minutes you guys just talked, there's just the whole suspense of, are we doing this? Are we doing it? Are we gonna? Are we going? <laughs> they were just back and forth like, holy crap. Yeah, I think that I think that was uh, well-timed covering up there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's the thing with, with you know, we, we talked about it earlier, I think pre-show, you know, that it is the longest Star Wars show so far at 12 episodes, you know, mm-hmm. 12 hour long episodes. You know, there, there's a lot of ground to cover here and some of it is not the fastest paced stuff. You know, right. it is definitely paced for streaming, as they say. Yeah, and they, they give us these these pretty well-timed moments of excitement. Suspense, all of yeah, it. Yeah. 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 And it's, it's what I like about it too, is because it's a heist and it's a pretty straightforward heist story. We know we, the audience, we know how heist stories work. We know who's going to win. Yeah. Well, well that, but we also know that at the start, the, the, the heroes are going to tell us their plan. Right. <laughs> and then now we're going to say everything's going to go wrong. <clears throat> yeah. Exactly. So, and that's yeah. the fun. Yeah. The fun yeah. is not the, the the fun is seeing yeah what how does their plan fall apart and how do they yeah. recover from that? Exactly. That's that's exactly that's exactly right because we also know that we're only halfway through the series, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So we know that this is not the end. So what what can where can this possibly go when this seems to be the you know, the, the climax, uh, yeah. this is the heist. Yeah. This is what we're building to, but, but mm-hmm. no, this is, this is, but we're building, we're just building to the intermission here. Well, yeah, we know, we know it's a, it's, it's a cycle. We're in the heist cycle. So we're in the, you know, one of the multiple stories within a story that, that comprises the first season. Right. We're, we're only at the end of the heist arc. Mm-hmm. And there is, you know, and then, yeah, I mean, and it's, as as high stories go, I don't know that it necessarily breaks any new ground, but it's it's a very well done high story. You know, it's not. I don't know that it needs to break any new ground, really. Which but I we mean, get, I mean, we get all the good. We get all the usual stuff of of them. You know, the people having guns pointed at them and being here's the double at. cross. Yeah, yeah. Here's the double cross. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, we get all of that, all the stuff that we've come to expect, and and uh, but it's still it's done pretty well. It's done, I think, very well in this. Okay, they say nobody has to die, but uh oh, <laughs> yeah. nobody except for that guy has. That well, guy. No, no one uh, told maybe, her. Maybe someone else. 
Well, the women did not agree to that. The men agreed not to kill yes. anyone. The women did not agree to that. <laughs> they were on the bridge. They were out there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Enjoy the eye. You know, I, I think having the women be more cutthroat and bloodthirsty, I, I think is cool. So. <laughs> and the other, the other bit of fun, I mean, depending on the tone of the heist movie you're watching, this one is, the tone of this is pretty serious. <laughs> the other fun thing to do is try to figure out okay who's not going to make it to the end because nobody you never make it to the end with right. the whole cast alone. yeah yeah i think that's yes yeah, seven samurai i think probably set the tone for that yeah yeah i think i think all all like gathering of a of a mission like this you know movies and you know always start from there and go for go forward from there that's that's the template so mm-hmm Right. You uh you mentioned the um the Star Wars comic book earlier, the yeah. old Marvel one, and they did they did a Seven Samurai story in that comic when they started doing they did they adapted the film, the original right. film, and then they started doing new stories after that. And one of them was a they had they had eight instead of seven, but it was it was Han Solo and Chewie and a bunch of misfits, but it was the exact it was the Seven Samurai. It was a pretty fun yep. fun story. But it has yeah, I mean, it, it's not even the first heist story within, you know, even the Disney Star Wars series because yeah. we did get one in the first season of The Mandalorian. I mean, yeah, you know, it, it was a prison break, but it was, you know, it, it was basically a heist thing, and they so did it good. in one episode. Uh, you know, so that's good. the thing; it is a different story than this. This is a yeah. totally different pacing. Yeah. Well, and then Solo had our, our had the train robbery. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the uh, the coaxium robbery. Yeah. So Solo mm -hmm. had two heists. And Rogue One. Mm -hmm. They got mm -hmm. plans. Yeah. Yep. Well, I mean, it's a it's a great template for a story, you know, yep. and that's mm -hmm. why it, it's it's that's why it's a genre. That's why we can sit here and talk about heist films because yeah, and we know what we're talking about. That's the thing yeah. you say that, and people know you know what you're talking about. Yeah, there, it's, it's so there's a shorthand, um, which is which is great. But yeah, I mean, I mean we've it's had, such we've a, had what twenty seven oceans eleven films now. Exactly. Yeah. And it's, it's such a great framework for a story that it bears repeating and, yeah. and uh, the audience um, doesn't get tired of it. So yeah, I guess like the real question is when is George Clooney going to be in Star Wars? <laughs> Sorry. What that game? Said every mission impossible, every bond movie, all sure. of those are like heist. Yeah. Sure. Break into a vault and steal something. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's up there in terms of the basics. You know, they say there's like seven basic stories. You know, it's it's yeah. it's up there with Boy Meets Girl. You know, mm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, gather a team and steal something. But I do still want to see George Clooney in a Star Wars movie. Yeah. Oh, interesting. <laughs> I, don't, I mean, I, I know, know you're joking, but at the same time, I don't, I don't overly care for seeing faces that I recognize. Absolutely, in Star Wars. I, I yeah. find that it often takes me out of the out of the story a little too much. I mean, depending on who it is, like Samuel Jackson was fine, but he's a he's a good enough actor that he was able to blend into the background. He didn't really he didn't stick out like somebody like George Clooney would. Right. That's the thing. You put George Clooney in, and you go, "Oh, it's George Clooney." You know, I mean, yeah. you're like, not going to see him as a character. The, you're, you're absolutely right. Uh, number one, I was I was kidding, but um, the. <laughs> But but in 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 some ways, I think that a good story that is made for a good actor, he or she can overcome those types of things. Right. Um, like, am I worried about Anna Taylor Joy in the new uh, Mad Max? Ah, yeah, I saw Not the really. trailer for that the other day. Because because I think she's I think she's great. Yeah. And yeah, think, that trailer uh, looked amazing. Yeah, yeah and it, I'm really hoping she can overcome and not just like be herself. I think she can be more. She can be Furiosa. Mm -hmm. I, mean, I think I you're think, right. And, I mean, and you're an right. Actor, I think she's been different in everything that she's been. I don't think there is an Anya Taylor Joy persona in films. So. Yeah, exactly. And that's the difference between somebody like her and somebody like Clooney. Just to yeah. use your previous example, there's I can't remember what movie it is, but there there was a movie that um, I, I remember seeing this one part of it that had Peter O'Toole in it and mm -hmm. he played an actor and his, but his big line, like his big declaration in the movie, he says at one point, I'm not an actor. I'm a movie yeah. star. Yeah. Yep. And mm -hmm. that, that there's something to that, you know, there's it's a different kill me that I can't yeah. think of the title. Cause I've seen that movie like 150 yeah. times. Yeah. Um. But there's a difference between the two and, and I'm not, and it doesn't mean that Clooney is a bad actor. He's just a different kind of actor. 
So do so do you think that um, and or season two, not to get too far off track, do you think they bring in any faces, any, you know, because Mandalorian did it left and right with people that we know yeah. and some some camouflage to better effect, some mm -hmm. to worse effect. But I, do, does Andor do something? I hope not in this case, because the tone of those shows is so different. The tone of Mandalorian is very different to the tone of Andor. And so I'm pre more prepared to tolerate gimmicky cameos in, in Mandalorian. For sure. It kind of, it suits the tone. The, the yeah. Where I kind of drew the line, Jack Black in the last season was a bit was, too much for me. It was terrible. It was, yeah, it I, was I distracting. Love it. I love yeah. that. I just thought it was distracting because I wasn't I, I seeing the him. character he was playing. I was seeing Jack Black. I've sat, I've sat at a bar and had beers with Jack Black. I love Jack Black, but it was mm -hmm. not the right thing. <laughs> See, because to me, it made sense because it was a very Jack Black character. Yeah, it was. And that's true. And, true. and it wasn't enough to that's make true. me not enjoy the episode. But yeah. that was to me that like that's as distracting a cameo as I ever want to see. So um, and I don't want to see anything even remotely like that in this. So we're in the heart of actually trying to steal the uh, the shipment there, the gold. Mm -hmm. Here we, we go. And this is where now stuff starts happening. The, yep, release the straps. It's mm -hmm. an interesting part of their plan that they're going to make all the hostages load the load the money for them. It's a great plan. It is. It, no, it's, it's actually a pretty good plan that they've got. It's not a terrible plan at all. Well, they are used to following orders. So. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. No I mean, training think, necessary. Yeah, mm -hmm. if, if, if it wasn't like a military regimented people who you, you couldn't count on them, you know, like, like that's the thing whenever, you know, the heist is a is a bank, you know, it's like, you know, count counting on all the bank employees, like, you know, acting appropriately and following instructions and stuff like that. You know, I, I think at least with the military personnel, you know that they're going to do things exactly the same way every time. Right. Yeah. And, and as you said, they're they're just they're accustomed to if if there's an authority barking orders at them, chances are they're going to jump in line. Exactly. Because <laughs> they're so conditioned to do that. Okay, so and, and this, like I said, it was good. sorry, go ahead, Kim. To me, is so not Star Wars, where that all of those things are on those racks. Those racks should just move and just go. They're mm. having to take them off one by one and then put them on these little transporty things. Yeah, there should be like floating, floating pallet. pallet yeah, I would. Yeah, that is a very, very good point. Repulsor lift. Repulsor lifts should be right. fairly yeah. ubiquitous here. Yeah. Right. I think we're back in that factory with the moving chains and everything. Like, why is yeah. why is this? You know, well, it's like that's what the plot demanded. This yeah. yeah. This is yeah. This is what we need. It's production design following plot at that point. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. Because is this part of the plan that the power goes out? I think so. I think it is because he had a flashlight with him. You know, why would yeah. he have a flashlight with them otherwise? So they want they need to like get it break into the vault or get a lock or do something, get it powered back up or something. Or I like the way that every time there's been multiple moments of this, that whenever these soldiers have had to go do something, they all complain about missing the eye. That, like, mm -hmm. you know, I think there was even a conversation with them talking about the only reason that they were happy to take this assignment or yeah. were okay with taking this assignment was was the opportunity to see the eye, to be there for this event. You know, right. and, and so like they probably put in like 18 months of you know crappy detail with clearly like supervisors who treat them like crap. And you know, the whole the the only payoff for them was going to be able to get to see the eye. And they're like, wait, is, you know, I need to go rush and do something right now and do my job with but 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 I'm gonna miss the eye. <laughs> right. Right. And we we were given the impression in the last episode that the, I think the I just saw a repulsor were, lift, by the way. Yeah. Yes, the whole, the whole reaction move. Mm -hmm. Well, we're given the impression that a lot of the, the troops that are detailed here are kind of slackers. This is not yeah. this is not where the high achievers get set. Yeah, this was not a choice detail. Right. Yeah, this was not they, they did not put their top men on it. We yeah. saw the weather. The weather's horrible. So they are not going to the beach every day or anything. Sure. Yep. Yeah. It is. It is a crap detail. <laughs> these are these are the people that are still curious about the Yuzon Vong coming into uh, Star Wars lore. Ooh, that's a deep cut. That is I, deep. I'm there. I'm one of those. Just trying to start fights. Just starting. Yeah. To, <laughs> trying to start fights. Pilgrim's gasp. That's a great uh, subtitle. Yep. Yep. It's the eye. <laughs> 
This is what and you know, it's pretty impressive. You it, know, it is pretty see, gorgeous. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I could see going and camping out in a valley for a week to watch that. I could yeah. see it. and I hate camping. Yeah, it beats Burning Man. I mean, that's that's it's got it's got yeah. Burning Man beat hands down. Exactly. This so guy. they have two minutes to get all those things out, and they're like not even done with the first two rounds. Yeah, they're not even close. And now he realizes that one, you know, one of his own men has, has been part of this as an inside man. And this this is a great exchange, too, because this guy, the, the main leader, the older guy, he is sort of the the he's the symbol for the empire's um, hubris. You know, mm -hmm. they're just their complete lack of belief that anybody could possibly rebel against them. Now, this is cool. This this. Yeah. You know, this is very Star Wars, but I mean, we really had not gotten this kind of good look at like, you know, a group of TIE fighters, you know, being sitting there waiting, you know, people, you know, pilots jumping into them and everything waiting to be dropped, you know. Yeah, seeing the pilot just dive into the cockpit. Was exactly. And again, that's a, that's a scene we see in World War II movies all the time. And yeah, but we hadn't, seen it. we hadn't seen the Star Wars analog to it. Yeah, and it was, and you're right, it was cool to see. Yeah. Now there's someone there that's not supposed to be there. Yeah, here's where the plan starts to unravel. Yeah, it's really <laughs> bad. And like I'm, I'm not. I watched this uh, yesterday to to prep, and I'm still I'm not entirely clear on whether he's faking his heart attack or whether he's actually having a heart attack. <laughs> and we kind of don't care. Yeah. Well, I mean, kind of building, on, building on what you were just talking about in terms of, you know, his, his hubris, you know, that he just didn't think this kind of thing would happen, you know, right. that, that they're the impervious, you know, empire. Yeah. You know. Nobody could possibly. Yeah. No one would have the temerity to try to do this, you know, and which is a very George Lucas and George Lucasian line. Yeah. <laughs> no one would have the temerity to try this against the empire. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Cockpit fight. <laughs> I have the worst glare on my computer for some reason. <laughs> well, it's a dark scene. It's a very, it's dark, very scene. dark. This yeah. thing of like seeing the TIE fighters get dropped like this. I don't well, think I we've think, seen yeah. that before. No, it's I don't very think we cool. We see something similar in um, Force Awakens. Mm. We see the racks of the TIE fighters yeah, in the launch yep. bay. But it's okay. not the same as this. It's it's yeah. similar, but it's not really the same kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, I've seen it in other sci-fi. Yeah, to talk about other franchises, but well, why would we? Why would we even? <laughs> yeah, why why would we even care about the existence of other franchises? <laughs> are are there other franchises? Uh, not 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 anything noteworthy. Not here. Noteworthy. Not right now. So the kid just saved Cassian, mm. right? Things were not going well. The kid, because he just saved our hero, he is now marked for death. <laughs> yes, he, he must. That's he must now join the ranks of the fallen. Yeah. Wait, are you reading along with the formula? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not. And again, I'm not. It's not necessarily a bad thing to follow a formula. I don't think mm -hmm. if you do it well, I think you can. Well, I think, and, and I think that's a good point because I think if this was the movie, then people would shrug. But the fact that this is only a part of the movie to yeah. get us further along, mm -hmm. it's something that's comfortable. It's something that's accessible. So people don't dwell on it too much because we're still moving forward. Right. Is what but also we've forward. had we've had two other episodes. I mean, to build up to know these characters, to have it yep. mean oh. something when they die. Yep. Yeah, and that's that's really important because it does it needs to matter when this poor kid gets squished. Exactly. We have to we have to care about it. It, it right. needs to hurt for us. Yeah, and that might have been harder to do if this were just a feature film. Exactly. Sure. Yeah, I think I think yeah, we never would have had the time to develop all six of them as well as, right. as we have here. It so would have been a throwaway. Got like a quarter of what they came for, right? Yeah, they didn't get all the the cash, but still, I mean, there's an exchange later that that explains that it's still a, a lot of money. Yeah, because we're down to what four here, and so well, yeah, I think the the plan was for the other woman. I'm feel terrible that I can't remember anybody's name, right? Mm -hmm. But her, the plan was for her to meet up with them later, so she right. wasn't meant to be on the ship. And so there's there's um 
four of them on the ship because they lost. Yeah, I was going to say they're still down at least one yeah, now. They're down, two. yeah, they're down one of their guys plus the officer that was helping them. Right. And now, and the kid, of course, the the kid who got horrifically injured was the only one who knew how to operate the navigational thingy. Right. Redundancy, people. Redundancy. Come on. <laughs> The only one there who can work a Polaroid camera. Well, in my defense, I like to be the only one that knows everything in any scenario. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, sensibility is good. People don't throw me out the airlock. You like being the single point of failure. Yeah, that's right. So, so then, if that's true, you just need to try not to stand too close to the heavy uh, cargo carrier thing that's going to squash you. Yeah. Yeah, well, I don't stay. I don't stand anywhere close to the airlock in my own house. Yeah, yeah, that's good. No, I've got, I've got people who would gladly nudge me out. Here's another terrific. This is definitely a Star Wars moment. It's, it's, you know, it's Star Wars when the Tie Fighters are chasing you and shooting you. Yeah, that, and you're about ready to crash your vehicle and mm -hmm. die. Yeah. Yeah, and you're in a junker too. The heroes are always in junkers. They're never in nice, yeah. fancy ships. This is Andor's Kessel Run. Right, exactly. And it looks great. You know, they've really... They've taken advantage of the advancements in visual effects yeah. technology to good effect. You know, they've made... This is still pretty standard Star Wars stuff, but they've made it just look a, a lot. I, I was going to say the the Tie pilots, the inside of the cockpits, the the actions of the Tie pilots. It's more visceral than we'd ever really seen yeah. Tie pilots before. Yeah, that's true as well. Even even the uh, Imperial officers are like, okay, that's why I took this detail. You know, I'm right. just gonna stand here and stare at this. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that is actually pretty cool. Yeah, which is which is what they were counting on. They were counting on them being distracted by this. And I mean, and in their defense, I mean, it looks great on the tiny little like two inch by four inch screen that I'm looking at it on right now. Imagine if you were actually there seeing that in the sky. Yeah. yeah. Uh, All right. So the kid's hanging on. He's, yeah, not, he's not dead, dead yet. yet. It's just a flesh wound. Now we get another point of... Uh, argument and this is interesting this is i think this is where we start to see andor turn over in his his viewpoint because she wants to let the kid go she wants to keep going to the the rendezvous and, and um andor wants to take him to the doctor when you would expect those two positions to be reversed yeah yeah mm -hmm. yeah she's the one who had been leading it before but yeah but I mean, she's got a mission, and she's trying to fulfill her mission. Her mission sure. is her, her mission is getting that those funds to the to the potential rebellion. Right, and at the end of the day, all these other people that she's working with are are tools that she's using yeah. to do that. Yeah, I like the doctor. Oh yeah, doctor. Yeah, awesome. forearms. I bet really helps being a surgeon. Yeah, it's got a little bit of a lobot thing going with the mm -hmm. with the wraparound ear. Yeah, thing, but he's also got a little bit of Drex with the with the forearms. Yeah. And again, his girlfriend <laughs> from Solo. Yeah, a yeah. rare instance of an alien on this series. We really don't mm -hmm. see very many alien characters. All right, here we go. Here's the big. Uh, not, yeah, I don't. Well, it's always the scramble. It's like now that they've succeeded, quote unquote, and they've got the money, you know, there's no honor among thieves and they've got to start right. infighting amongst themselves about, you know, fight fighting for who takes it. I mean, you know, which is also a classic trope of the very, very much a heist and, you know, kind of mob, you know, mob thing, you know, kind of standard yep. thing is like, you know, now that the thieves have made it away with the loot, it's like they, they start fighting amongst themselves and that's how they get caught. Right. Yeah, and he, so now he's this trying guy's to, trying to get him to turn. Yeah, exactly. It's like you know, so so you're not into the rebellion. You know, I'm a rebel, but you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a rebel rebel for myself. Yeah, me against everybody else. That's his rebellion. His his rebellion is selfishness. This crew really did compartmentalize a little bit too much. Only one person knows how to fly the ship. Only one yeah. person knows how to operate the navigation. Yeah. Yeah, it was not a great operational plan. No. 
you know, and that's, that's probably why, you know, the other guy brought, you know, and or in it's like, you know, he's, he's, he's the good utility guy. He's, he's, he saw how he could think on his feet. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if this guy's testing him or if he really wants to do I was the, the first time I watched it, I was wondering that too. Is this yeah. some kind of, well, you're definitely meant to, to question what his motivation is here. Right. But is he just testing <clears throat> and or is he actually serious about wanting to run off with the money? I mean, I a lot of times I feel yeah. Like, there we go. Shoot first. <laughs> I feel like casting, you know, it plays a lot, you know, and and it, and it ruins things for me because I know actors so well that you know there are there are episodes of like mystery shows or whatever, and I can tell from the opening credits when I see a character actor that I know, and I'm like, oh, that's the killer, you know? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. With, with with casting him as as that role. I think we can go with that. He was being selfish. <laughs> yeah, I do too. I think by the end of the exchange, I think we need to believe that. Yeah. Um, and I wasn't familiar with that actor. So I, uh, mm -hmm. but uh, yeah, I got there at that point, but initially I was thinking, well, is this just a, is this a loyalty test? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it didn't matter. Cause, cause, and that set up something that set up how ruthless Andor is too. Right. We exactly. See, we see that all the way through to the film to rogue one. We yep. see that, mm -hmm. that, that that streak of ruthlessness that that not many other Star Wars heroes have. Yeah, well, it's a self preservation. It's obviously yeah. how he makes it all the way to Rogue One. You know, right? With all the situations he gets put into, there's a reason mm -hmm. why he survives. Yeah, and it, it's ruthless pragmatism because, like in this case, he couldn't just point his gun at that guy mm -hmm. and say, "Okay," and march him. Mar mar having him as a captive would have just been too difficult. Mm -hmm. It would have been a pain. yeah. Yeah. So shooting him was really the only choice. And similarly, at the very beginning, that scene at the beginning of Rogue One, where he yep. has to escape and he has to leave the guy with the broken arm behind. Mm -hmm. Same thing. He's in too deep. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. But but now we go back to mercenary Andor here. Just give me my cut. And yep. Yep. Here here's uh, the other guy's thing back, and you know, give me my cut because that's what he promised me. Is I, well, I get my cut. And honestly, if I were him at this point, I'd be thinking, my God, these guys are such a bunch of amateurs. They are going to get me killed. I've got to yeah. get out of here. Which makes you want to shoot people first and ask questions later uh, as well. Also true. But not, I mean, to a point, but knows, I mean, he could have just shot these two also and, and no. taken off. But that but he didn't been. need to. I mean, that's he does yeah. it when he needs exactly. to, when, when the situation yeah. demands it. He's got the money. <clears> he, can, <throat> he can leave. So... And now it's the reaction. It's like you know, okay, there's there's been a heist. You know, it, it gets right. the notice of uh, uh, you know, of the ISB. Yep. yep. Here we have um, uh, Steve's secret Star Wars crush. <laughs> not not this guy, although he oh, is pretty handsome. Well, he's my second. Okay. But, but yes, Deborah. <laughs> yeah. So we kind of <laughs> we 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 key back in our other storylines because up until the this point in this episode, we've just been on the one storyline of the heist team, and now we're keying back up, you know, back in our other stories. So we've got yeah, Mothma there in the Senate. Check in with their other characters. Yeah. This is a great scene too because it does two things. It's a great callback to the prequels mm -hmm. with the Senate chamber because the Senate chamber was such it, several really important scenes in the prequels took place in here. But we also see what's happened. Notice, like, most of those pods are empty. Mm -hmm. So the Senate, they aren't even bothering to show up anymore. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so that tells us how things have progressed over the last 18 years. This was during COVID. So only everyone in <laughs> oh, so four could show up. So the, the rest were on a Zoom call? Was I, think I, I think I saw the faint blue glow in every one of those pods of a, of a hologram. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. I don't know. I would think it's possible also that some of those systems have been eliminated by the Empire yeah. or yeah. They've, or they've just been so totally taken over by the Empire that they don't even have their own senators anymore. Right. And that's I think that's what happened, too. It's a combination of those things. Yeah. You know, we see in Mon Mothma's husband, we see kind of the indifference of the the wealthy class. And oh, OK, um, which, so so we had our last scene here. So, like I said, we tied back in all of our stories. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. and you know we we brought back in you know he's I, I believe this this was him finding out that the heist has happened right yeah so so basically it's gossip it's gossip in his shop that the heist has happened and he's like oh my god it actually worked you know yes. <laughs> he can't believe that Phew. that's actually pulled it off <laughs> I love how they just end the episodes you're not ever ready for them yeah I know I always find the endings abrupt just because yeah I don't I want it I want more I don't want to yeah. 
I'm not ready watching. ever. I'm not done yet. Yeah. Yep. Agreed. I've been trying to, you know, we I watched it when it was originally on when it was once a week. Yeah. And for this rewatch, I'm doing the same thing because I want each episode to be fresh in my mind when mm -hmm. we do this. But it's a struggle. It's hard to not just, oh, let's watch the next one now. Let's why yeah. wait. But yeah, the importance there was that, I mean, that the heist happened and it resonated immediately, you know, back to Coruscant and, you know, mm -hmm. it tied back in all of our storylines, you know, of, of all the other story, you know, our other three basically stories there, you know, tied back into all my, you know, everyone reacting to this having happened. So. Yeah. So that's where Jefferson that you're watching and you want to go to the next one. I've been watching them and I just keep wanting to go back because I'm like, wait. I know that happened. I, I remember that conversation, but I don't remember it going down like that or yeah. that kind of thing. Or I'll, Jeff and I will watch a scene and I take it one way and he takes it another way. And then when the mm -hmm. next scene happens or the next thing tied to that happens, I'm like, oh, I didn't, I expected this. And he's like, I expected that. And I'm like, why would you think that? So then we'll go back and watch something mm -hmm. and then we'll be like, yeah, oh, you got that right or you don't. And that's that's another strength. I mean, it's a strength of Star Wars in general. Uh, I guess the highest compliment I can pay a movie or TV show is that I want to watch it again. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, I did want to double back, and I yeah, I was going to hate myself if I didn't come up with this. And and the movie you referenced with uh, Peter O'Toole was my favorite year from 1982. Okay. One, one of my favorite movies that I've seen several dozen times. Yeah, I, I think it's one that I when I was a kid. Yeah, um, they didn't really have cable yet when I was a kid, but they had. You could get HBO, and it was just like one channel. It was like basically like having cable with one channel, <laughs> and it was just it was on all the time. And so yeah. I've seen probably ten to fifteen minutes of hundreds of different movies, and for some reason that one scene that I mentioned earlier that that all that line no, it's a, it's a wonderful me. movie. Yeah, but basically know, Peter O'Toole is playing Errol Flynn. I mean, I, I believe it's based on an actual incident that happened in the fifties, which was Errol Flynn being on your show of shows. Mm -hmm. Yeah, maybe I'll that yeah, because I don't think I've seen the rest of the movie. I'll, oh wow, you should absolutely watch it. It's a, it's a wonderful, wonderful movie. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I just wanted to double back to that. Um, our next episode is uh, episode seven announcement. So it's it's kind of you know we're in the aftermath of the uh, uh, of the Aldani heist. So. And, well, the, uh, the, the other thing really quick, um, I think that is great about this heist is it wasn't, even though Luthen says, thinks it's a success and feel he's like, Oh my God, I can't believe it worked. Well, it didn't because it was messy and people <laughs> died and it did not go to plan. Yeah. So I think that's the other great thing about this series that allows that continuity to bleed through from episode to episode, because it's not a final it's not like, okay, here's a quest, succeed or fail. Here's the next quest, succeed or fail. It's like, succeed with complications. Real life is messy. Yeah, it, exactly. It absolutely is, which is why I think it's, it's you, you can use those formulas and it's great. But if you, if you muscle them up just enough to where they bleed out, just mm -hmm. like a lot in this series, like every one of these little things just bleeds out a little bit where it would be nice and tight and compact, you know, a, a crime of passion, you know, where you kill a couple of officers, you know, fine, package that up, done. But instead it bleeds out. It gets somebody interested who has something to prove. So that builds. And, you know, same thing. Now here we are halfway through the series heist, not just a filler episode, which it technically was in the Mandalorian with the jailbreak, which I loved one of my favorite one of my favorite episodes, but um, this was it ties in, it bleeds out, it keeps going, and it complicates things that that extend. I think it's pretty brilliant. Yeah, it is definitely part of a larger tapestry of a story. Yep. So, any other thoughts on on our heist before we kind of get out of here? It was heist terrific. <laughs> yeah, nobody just... had any snacks nobody ever has snacks in these episodes during during the heist you mean yeah during the yeah. heist like nobody ever pulls out like a power bar uh you know one of those little sticks that uh luke skywalker had on dagobah or anything i think they all are doing that obviously that's why they're getting shot and squished and stuff mm -hmm. 
uh, probably looking for snacks. Snack. Yeah, they're having their snack off yeah. screen. You know, when, yeah. when we cut away to somebody else, that's when they reach for the candy bar. I mean, if you want, if you want some gravity, somebody get grab a drink of water or grab a snack. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> or as we talked about earlier, making sure that everyone goes to the bathroom before the heist begins. Right. Exactly. That's critical. <laughs> Okay, well, thanks for joining us. Thanks for for joining us just in time for the episode, Steve. Um, yeah, it sorry, I was late. Slightly longer episode with our gabbing in the beginning, so want to kind of get going. Um, so thanks for everyone for joining us. Um, you know, join us live if you want on uh, binging the force on Facebook uh, or on uh, Twitch. And if you want to listen to this after the fact, if you're running or driving a car or anything like that. Uh, look for us in any podcast clients for binging the force and uh, primarily uh, like, and subscribe for us on YouTube, which will definitely keep us going and watch this after the fact. Um, so we'll see you actually, we won't be doing next week. Right. So, okay. cause I'm actually going to be out of town next week or did we decide we were going to try to do it on Tuesday? I don't think we had made a decision. Okay. Well, I guess we'll talk about it afterwards <laughs> and everyone else for everyone else. It'll be a wonderful surprise. So yes. <laughs> okay. Thank you everyone for joining us on binging the force. Good night. Good night, everybody.